Welcome to the Subject Composition and Light Photography Podcast. Show notes, links and contact details can be found at robnunphoto.com. That's www.robnunphoto.com. SCL is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network and loads of other great tech podcasts can be found over at www.techpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Hi and welcome to SCL, the Subject, Composition and Light Photography Podcast. My name's Rob from RobNoFoto.com and this is my little audio diary about my journey through the wonderful world of photography. It's episode 206 for the 7th of October 2012. Um, It's a little bit late tonight, it's half past nine on a Sunday evening. Um, And what I thought I would do this week is talk about a photo book that I've been reading, um, Herbert's, and some stuff, I don't know what I've been playing around with, uh, with some flash today, in the garden of all places, but first, autumn's here, the mornings are darker, the nights get get uh, darker earlier, so it's a great time to get out, grab those sunsets, grab those sunrises, because you don't have to get out incredibly early, and if you're lucky, you can grab them before you go to work or before you get home. Look out for those fabulous autumn colours in the foliage. Or if you're down in the southern hemisphere, obviously we've got spring as well. Being a Sunday, been down the car boot this morning. Not much. Well, I tell a lie. I mean, we went to three car boots this morning. I tell you what, we start really early. We got to Bridgemere about quarter to seven. I had a look around there, and then we did the one at Titchfield, but I think that'll be finishing soon, because uh, as soon as the weather gets really bad, some of the car boots that are just on farmer's fields, they have to stop because cause the fields get too muddy. But we did Titchfield, and we did the big one at Burzeldon, which was very busy. Um, but what did I pick up today? Fujifilm Instax 200, which is one of the big Fujifilm Instant cameras that you can still get uh, film for. Um, and it was the silver version as well, in a box, very nice, turned on, had batteries in, for £3, so that was okay. I, did, I saw a lot of film SLRs at Burzeldon, but nothing that really nothing that really caught my eye. They all tend to be practicers uh, and, and the like, um, so I don't know, it's got to be quite special for me to uh, to get it these days what I'm really after is lighting kit but I think in all the time I've been to the car boots over the last several years I don't think I've ever seen any um, and light stands or stuff like that um, and that's that's what I'm really really after next or I, I do remember actually going to one car boot sale it might have been the one in Titchfield where somebody was selling a, a big backdrop but um, I did because I, I wasn't really into flash at the time or, or portrait photography. I kind of, kind of left it. But who knows? You never know what. That's the beauty of car boots. You never know what you might find on the next stall. But what I did get this week from eBay was a second shoot-through umbrella, and the umbrella sort of strobe bracket as well. So when we got back from the car boot sale, 
and the weather was pretty good what I thought I'd do was go outside and take some photos using um, my flashes with the with two shoot through umbrellas um, uh, because <laughs> you you get familiar with your kit don't you I mean I've had the 350D for ages now and the, the two lenses the 18 to 55 55 to 250 and recently the 50mm 1.8 um, but I haven't had the flashes for for that long um, and the practicalities of putting them on the stands putting the umbrellas on and all that sort of stuff and as I've already said I haven't got proper light stands so the way that I mount my flashes with the umbrellas on is, is, is what I do is I unscrew the handles that like the pan and tilt handle on the tripod on an old tripod and slide the uh, the umbrella flash bracket through there um, and they, they, they make good light stands very solid ones the tricky bit though is if you want to put two umbrellas shoot through umbrellas one above the other to have like this big softbox effect for like a beauty light the legs of the tripods kind of get tangled up with each other and it makes it quite um quite tricky to do but i thought i'd try a few setups and I managed to do a few. Um, I did like two shoot through umbrellas, one above the other, against like a leafy background. Um, I got my um, what is it? The uh, the um, white backdrop, you know, the um, the slide screen out. So I did did a, one of those. I did bare flash against a wall, and I did um, a single shoot through umbrella against another leafy background with another flash lighting that background. One of the tr trickiest things actually when I was doing this was trying to get enough separation between the kind of main light on the subject and a, a separate light on the background so you can get a layering effect with the lights. One of the exciting things about um, using off-camera flash or, or any type of lighting is the ability to have different light levels within the same scene. Um, the ambient light that you've got in the scene but then the main light that may be on your subject and then a secondary light that could be on on the background too but you've got to be careful because your your main light can um, bleed through or kind of pollute the background and that's where it can get, get quite tricky and um, the way around that is to is to use the inverse square law not practically thinking about it but basically if your main subject is standing further away from the background and you get your lighting closer to your subject the, the light falls off of your subject very very quickly which means it doesn't contaminate the background which you can then use another light source um, to, to, to then to then have a go with but it was okay it was a bit difficult but one of the most difficult things because I was having to do self-portraits with my camera on um, the self-timer because my I think the battery on my remote has gone flat. You know, I had a few issues with focusing and generally generally time. Um, but you know, I I had a quick go um, doing it, and I also had a bit of playing around with gelling the flashes as well because one of the problems with with flashes is that they're although they're daylight balanced, they're daylight balanced to strong sunlight which means that they can appear, well I find them, they appear a little bit cold. It's not the fact that they are cold in of themselves and their colour temperature, but the type of light that is um, pleasing and um, uh, looks good on people tends to be a little bit warmer. So what you can do is you put a, a CTO, a colour temp temperature orange gel, which is just a piece of coloured plastic, um, on the front of your your flash, and it warms up. And I had to go doing that 
half CTO I think I used. And I also tried another one where I put a, a green gel on the front of another flash and fired it at the background to make the background really green. But that didn't really work because I think the problem was that the, the, the gel was a very heavy gel and it was basically sucking all the light power out of the flash. So I needed to really punch that flash up in power, which, which I didn't do. Um, but 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 it was good. I mean, I think I feel better about using Flash now. So I probably spent a good two hours out in the garden playing around, and I've definitely learned a lot about my kit. So, f for example, I now know that with these little Strobis gels, it's and they're from the Roscoe pack um, that that you can buy online. That if I want to use them on my Yongnuo 560 Flash, I'll have to get a gel holder because they although they fit the Flash, that there's not much an, o an overhang on either side. But with the 460 Mark IIs. I can actually use an elastic band round to hold them into place. Um, I also discovered that the optical slave system on the 560 is much more sensitive than on the 460 Mark IIs. Um, so what, what I ended up doing was I had my 460s on the radio transmitters um, in, in the um, in the umbrellas, and the 560 was on working on its optical strobe doing doing the backgrounds. Um, and, <laughs> and the other thing that happened was, that for some reason, the diffuser and the bounce card actually fell off my 560, um, which is a bit of a shame because um, I don't know, I didn't really do anything. I just popped it out of it, bing, and flew out the front. But you know, the, these young Neuro flashes are very cheap, so I'm kind of you kind of expecting them to start falling apart at any any moment. And also the fact that. I haven't got a clue how to pose. <laughs> um, that's why I can't really put the pictures up on Flickr because it, I'm just standing there like a like a shop dummy, dummy. So that's something I need to investigate because not that I want to be a model or anything, but if you want to give other people direction on how they should be posing, you need to know what you're looking for yourself, don't you? Um, um, one thing I did kind of do as I was playing around was those... I felt it really helpful if the subject, I when I was doing it, me, was always looking towards the light source, um, and then I'd sort of I would move the camera around to get different shadow effects, which was which was quite interesting as well. But I think what I need to do now is look at a lot more flash and natural light portraits, just kind of absorb some of that knowledge. And then what I'm going to do is plan a photo shoot for Oliver. <laughs> I, think, I think what I'm probably going to do is pay him to do it, um, but I'm going to plan it in advance with various various setups around the garden of the house, some with natural light, some with with artificial light, with flash. But kind of do it so, you know, like a time is money type of thing, you know, to, to try and do these different, you know, three or four different setups as quickly as possible, um, just just to play around with that. Um, so yeah, so it's good, good, good stuff. So I feel my level of flash knowledge is, uh, is definitely going up. Um, I'm looking forward to learning more. So, Herbert... If you don't know the name, you'll definitely know some of his photographs. And one of the most powerful tools we have is, I mean, if you just put in into Google Herb Ritz, so H-E-R-B space R-I-T-T-S, and go to image search, loads of his photographs will uh, will pop up. Um, and you'll recognise um, lots of pictures of Madonna, her true blue photos. He did the Cherish video. Um, that controversial photo of... Um, KD Lang in a barber's chair while Cindy Crawford was shaving her. Um, many, many iconic images of supermodels like Cindy Crawford, Naomi Russell, Christy Turlington. Um, and, uh, and I think it's Christy Turlington. And a whole load of celebrities as well. Now, sadly, Herb died 
in 2002. But what he did leave us was a legacy of amazing, I think, and inspirational photographs. And the story of how he became a photographer is pretty cool too. Because while he was working, I think in California, as a salesman um, in his mum and dad's furniture store, he was hanging around with um, a budding actor friend of his called Richard Gere. And one day when they were bumming around in the uh, in the car, they broke down. Um, and Herb took some photos of uh, of Richard Gere. Um, and it was just around about the time when Gear was doing his first film and when the film came out and he needed some publicity shots um, Ritz gave the shots to Gear's publicist and um, these photos ended up in Vogue America and Esquire and then what happened was Mademoiselle magazine asked um, Herb Ritz to then photograph Brooke Shields and kind of th then it all snowballed from there you know the rest as they say is history you know with no formal photographic training Herb Ritz became one of the most sought after photographers of the 80s and 90s and I think there are many things to admire in Herbert's works I mean I love the purity of form and the simplicity of the composition I mean <laughs> what's true is he has this great starting point of having amazingly beautiful subjects and that, that definitely helps but he, he finds the essence of a scene or a portrait and he distills it down and creates these black and white images that are just really stunning. Um, as I said before, do, do a Google image search for, for rips. And, and by the way, you know, they're probably not safe for work. There's a few rude ones on there. And you can kind of be sucked into his world of um, desert light, um, black and white film, obviously, and the oh-so-perfect subjects. We've got those amazing portraits of Christy. Um, Mel Gibson... Um, where the adage of getting closer, you know, could never have been more true. Um, I did actually have a chance to, to look into some of the technicalities of what he was shooting with. Um, but I, get, I definitely get the impression that quite a lot of it was probably medium format because of the depth of field he's getting and the look. Um, but, you know, the adage of getting in close, there's this great photo he's, of, of Mel Gibson. Um, where his eyes are just just wild, it's really amazing. Um, there's the I guess we'd probably think of them as a little bit cliched now. The poster shots of Fred the mechanic swinging his tyres around. Um, loads of great shots of Cindy Crawford in the Californian sun, and his mastery of the the male and female form. But I think you know if you're if you're a fan of striking photography, you'll fall in love with Herb's images too, and all this hyperbole. Is because I got one of Herb Ritz's books out from the library. Well, we, I went to Fairham Library, and they've actually got quite a good photo book selection. And I was just flicking through a few of them, and I saw Herb Ritz. And I thought, oh yeah, brilliant. Got it out, looked through, saw, oh, this looks like a brilliant book. Um, and it's called Herb Ritz, and then it's got a subtitle of Foundation Cartier Pour L'Art Contemporain. Um, and the book was produced as a um, companion to the uh, an exhibition that he was having in, in Paris in 1999 um, and it really is very nice indeed there's some gatefold photos that fold out as well and there's an interview in the book with Herb Ritz himself um, and they really are uh, fabulous fabulous I'm just flicking through it now fabulous images uh, really 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 nice really good striking stuff I'm a firm believer in as I always say don't I you know you could learn great photography by looking at great photographs and these really are um, 
great photographs uh, indeed. So as I said, the book is called Herbert's um, Foundation Cartier-Paulot Contemporary. Um, and so if you fancy uh, getting getting into a bit of Herb's work, um, do the Google search. But you, know, you can't be actually physically looking at the photos in a book. Um, and I'd recommend get get online with your local library service because unless you've got a very large library near you, you probably find they won't have it in stock. But I know with us, with the Hampshire County Library, you can, if you go down to your local library, they'll sign you up and give you a special PIN number, which you can then go onto the internet, and you can check the, the entire contents of the Hampshire Library system, and then order books for a nominal fee. I think it's something like 50p. And the, so even if the book's up in like Basingstoke, they'll then have it sent to your local library, and then give you a ring and say, the book's in, come in and, and pick it up. Um, because, uh, yeah, Mr. Ritz, definitely amazing and, you know, a very sad loss to the photographic world. Right, well, that's it for this week. Quite a hopefully nice little short podcast just to whet your appetite to get out there shooting in this bad weather. Thanks to everybody on Flickr for taking part in the photo group and adding their work to the... Um, to the assignments we've got over there thanks for the comments on the website thank you very much for everybody who's done a review on itunes even if you've just added some stars it helps the uh, visibility of the podcast massively if people give good reviews thanks to everyday jones who do the intro and outro music you can find their stuff for free download at everydayjones.com but most of all thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast my name's rob from robnunphoto.com you can email me scalespeeder at gmail.com with ideas questions anything you like and uh, hopefully pretty soon I'll see you on Flickr <laughs>